What's up, everyone? I am Keegan Rami Miller. As always, I am joined by my co-host and producer, Naresh Adala. This is episode 10 of Hoopside Chats. Naresh, school is starting, but you are not going back to school. That's a deal. <laughs> Dude, Finally done. Yeah, right? It's wild. Um, even this like uh, even this summer, I, was, I had to take like a summer class just to get rid of one, one credit. Or not one credit, like one course. Um, and... It's wild, dude. It's the first time in, what, 21 years that I won't have to go back to school. And it's just one of those things where in terms of Quidditch, like I'll be this is the first time in four years that I'm not associated with a team. And it's just like, wow. Um, And I know I know that's not just like a singular problem that's faced by me, but it's like because like everyone wants to go back and play Quidditch right now. And it's just a shame that we haven't been able to do it. But yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting feeling because I have a couple friends that actually started school already. Um, so they're describing online schools and it just does not sound fun. So I don't envy any of the undergrads that are listening to this. Um, I do feel for you. Yeah, it's, it's a rough time. Obviously, USQ released their return to play policies. Uh, I don't think we need to discuss them. I, I think you and I are both kind of under the interpretation that there just will not be Quidditch this semester. I mean, when, who was it? The Big Ten and the Pac-12. If if they cancel football, colleges <laughs> can't be sports. Yeah, like, right. let's be real. Yeah, right. If they cancel they the have, real sports, there's no way we're getting a chance. Yeah, Quidditch, Quidditch ain't happening. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but, like, it, I'll be interested to see which teams come out of this stronger, which teams, like, had good bonds and, and keep up virtual game nights and everything else versus... Like, if a team had a big graduating class, they could be in trouble just recruiting. Yeah, for so sure. It, it'll honestly, be interesting to see coming out of this. Yeah, no, honestly, losing an entire year of, like, recruiting class can be crippling. And so, like, if anyone's listening to this, like, um, just reach out to someone, reach out to an older player or, like, alumni or whatever and, like, ask their help to, like, recruit for recruitment because you don't want to miss out on an entire class of recruits and um even if you can only get like four or five people that's like four or five more people than you had from this year uh this year's like class than you had before and so like just try try your best do be active um social media stuff and you can always reach out to like me or keegan to help you out with recruiting muffle keegan i i probably should have asked you for permission <laughs> before uh <laughs> i haven't tried to recruit anybody to a team for like five years so i don't think i'll be much help um but no like you can always reach out to me and i'll i'll help you out in any way i can um there are great people out there in the entire country doing a lot of hard work in terms of like conferences you can reach if you're a part of a conference reach out to your conference leader because i know they've been doing a lot of work to um help out with recruitment and stuff um but yeah and like recruitment's huge but don't forget retainment like if you have if you already have a decent sized team like you don't want to lose the people that you have so if you haven't started doing it maybe do film nights game nights movie nights stuff like that and just like have a good time with it yeah shout out to natasha sidor from from nocturnes and from the baqc board for posting in a bunch of different region groups uh a huge pdf list of like all different online game resources that i think for the most part if not entirely were free and you can just use with your team do game nights i know nocturnes already hosted a public game night last week for anyone who wanted to join and just hang out with some quidditch people online um I think that's going to be a lifeline for a lot of teams, at least this semester, if not this whole calendar year. And with that in mind, we are going to throw it off to our interview today. Two other recent graduates joined us, Serena Montero and Emma Wolf, both just graduated from Tufts, and they have a lot of great stories about uh, retainment from their years <laughs> at Tufts, a ton of good times that they had, uh, and we had fun reminiscing with them. So without further ado, we'll send it to the interview. We have with us today two very special guests. First off, a four-year beater from Tufts University who was on the 2019 Boston MLQ Championship team. Uh, this summer, had there not been COVID, she would have been both on the roster and an assistant coach of that Boston MLQ team. And last summer was a member of the United States National Team Development Academy's inaugural class. And this year was voted one of the best college beaters in the country in the USQ poll, Serena Montero. 
What's up, Serena? Hi! Uh, good to be here. I can't see, but I'm golf clapping for <laughs> and, and alongside Serena in this very same room, we have another four-year beater from Tufts uh, who was on the Washington Admirals practice squad in 2017, was on the Boston Major League Quidditch team in 2018 and 2019, was on the practice squad this summer, and for the upcoming U.S. season will be a Boston Pandas captain, Emma Wolf. What's up, Emma? Very happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Yeah, we're we're off to a very good start um, with the two of you being in the same room. That's a lot of fun. Uh, Naresh and I aren't in the same room, but we're in the same state, so <laughs> get yeah, close. Yeah, we, we're we're quite lucky uh, hanging out together. You know, we're in Medford, Massachusetts. Could not ask for a better roommate or just you know a, a better Emma. Oh. I love Emma. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of this also. So Beautiful. We love each other maybe too much. We maybe should have done this in separate rooms because <laughs> I can't stop like laughing. <laughs> oh. oh, man. So real quick, just to get into it, you guys both graduated from Tufts this year, right? Yes. <laughs> University. Hey, there it is. Um, and as a fellow graduate of 2020, how have you guys dealt with everything that's been going on, graduating in a pandemic and just the aftermath of everything yeah well you know way back in march i dealt with it by being very sad for a long <laughs> period of time and then i got over myself when i realized everyone else was going through it and um what really helped was like because all of all of the friends including emma scattered for quite a while and we only just got back together this summer so keeping up keeping in touch over like zoom and just like texting a lot was like super helpful and just yeah yeah very similar to serena it was a very surreal experience for the first couple of weeks you know kind of just realizing that you know it's a big change and everything kind of happening no really control over anything that was going on but you know again it did kind of help to realize respectively i am quite privileged you know in, in, in the great grand scheme of things and you know as much as i did miss out on certain things i'm very lucky to be able to you know living my life in a way that isn't so deeply affected as other people have have struggled with so yeah you both were on tufts what what was all three of you at the same freshman year what was that 2015 16 16 17 16 17 so what what drew you to tufts quidditch in i assume fall of 2016. do you want to start i'll go first (laughs) so basically um when choosing before choosing colleges i knew I didn't know what I wanted to study or major in or like do for a life thing, but I did know I wanted to play Quidditch. So we need to um, like find Quidditch people who didn't want to play Quidditch before college. (laughs) (laughs) We're at like a hundred percent hit right now. So yeah, that's why I came. Like I just, before I even came to Tufts, I was like, I'm joining whatever insert name of college here team. So (laughs) Tufts was like, yeah, she can come here. And I was like, cool. I'm on the Quidditch team now. I'm one of the perhaps 2% or perhaps even 0.99% who actually did not really know much about Quidditch as a sport before coming to college, but uh, came to the first like practice, like information session with my roommate and fell in love with everything about it and was just like, I have to make this the main thing that I spend doing with my time <laughs> in college. So very quickly it became something that I very much cared about. What was what was the tone of Tufts Quidditch back then? Because that was like during a period where maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that was kind of the start of the bridging of the gap between the two generations of Tufts Quidditch that I know. Yeah. Well, it was, so it was honestly, posts, like Ethan, Noah, Emily, or yeah, Emily, no, Nick, even, all them. Um. So so Noah Schwartz and Emily uh, Hickmott were actually on the team. Emily was only there for a semester because I think she was finishing up her master's or something. So we we crossed over with her for the fall semester. Um, and Noah was there for the whole year, our fearless captain, um, fearless beloved leader. mother. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, that was a weird year because it was like pretty much 10 or pl- 10 plus seniors and 10 plus <laughs> freshmen. And then there were like two or three of each other grade in between. So yeah, that was that was a wild year. It was absolutely like a, and we didn't even realize any of this. You know, when we first started, we were just kind of like, "Yay, Quidditch!" Like we had no idea, like 
a much of a transitionary year um, yeah. it kind of was for us coming into Quidditch and starting. And I think we got a very unique experience yeah. in a lot of ways just because, you know, there were so few people in between us and the seniors and the seniors were kind of, you know, trying to get ready to prepare the team to kind of live on after they were gone. So they, um, we really got, I think, a lot of responsibility very oh, young, yeah. um, which we didn't. Uh, I don't think, or I never, until I kind of got older, fully appreciated the extent to which, um, you know, we had that unique experience our freshman yeah, year. Yeah, if they, if the seniors were, like, stressed all year about, like, oh, what is the team going to look like? We got to train up these freshmen. Like, <laughs> I did not get that vibe. Not I was just all. like, wow, these people are so good at Quidditch, and they want to play with me, and they're going to let me play with them. Like, that was the vibe. It was very, like was super friendly super so, inclusive so like, wonderful they were fun. they yeah we just I guess like looking back the fact that so many freshmen made like nationals roster was an <laughs> indicator of like where the team was at but they they like never stressed us out Not they once, were they yeah. were just like you're doing such a good job you're doing your best and we appreciate you so that was the vibe and it was lovely and they're such great people and we still keep in contact with like a lot of that class yeah. to this day that's really funny because i was gonna say i can't think of who the middle generation was but apparently there wasn't one because like yeah. i was kind of part of that early generation and then when i got back into quidditch i heard about your current like the graduating class from this year so yeah the middle ones was like um you know javi and athena and then like Ray Fasano, Alex Kerpak, um, Elizabeth Schwartz, I'm missing. Casey Tamamoto. Casey, yeah. But other than that, there, I, I'm I sure we're missing we like be. a couple, but those were like- <laughs> but it was, it was very, you know, it was lighter, you know, in terms of just, I think, recruitment and kind of just yeah. keeping on people than- Oh, Andrew. And Andrew, Andrew Biddles. Andrew Biddles, who, you know, is <laughs> our year now. But um, <laughs> it, it, um, it definitely was a, not something we really paid attention to until we became sophomores and we were suddenly like oh my goodness there's like nobody mm -hmm. above us <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, let's, let's hear that story let's hear <laughs> it's August of sophomore year and 10 people just graduated I vividly remember like the first day well it helps because I have a picture of it um but the first day back sophomore year like I the um also <laughs> sophomore year we had a thing called the quiz oh, suite God. Where ten of the, you know, current or the first years, uh, let me the, start the, again. The one <laughs> freshman now sophomores. But the the class of mine and Emma's ten of us all lived in a suite in Tufts housing together. So it's a huge suite. It, it was, was enormous. It, it was <laughs> spectacular. It was wonderful. By the end, we had unfortunately lost oh, how many? I think um, only I think only. Five or six three, of us played. Three, unfortunately, we lost to injury by the end of the first year, but that's yeah. another story. Yeah. Um, but definitely, we kind of, I just remember Serena and I sort of looking at each other because we had had the fantastic Ari Panzer mm -hmm. kind of, you know, teaching us and leading us, and he had been a senior who had graduated, and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, so we have to teach people beating now. But we don't know. But we beating. don't know how to beat, really. <laughs> Did all of the beaters graduate besides you two? Uh, Ray. We, we had we had another <laughs> one other person, Ray Ray Fasano, who was um, not as involved as maybe some of the other players had been. So we really kind of mm -hmm. had this task ahead of us to not only develop ourselves but also try to develop this whole class of players below us. Right. Um, and of course, you know, we we had guidance some from local players who were living in the area. Again, I believe Ari was around and yeah. he helped us out. We had a couple other players kind of drop in and give us some guidance, but it definitely was kind of bewildering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you think that helped contribute to the friendship that you guys have built together where it's like now you're just suddenly in this place where you have to work together to figure out beating and it's just like, wow. And so like, how did, yeah. how did that relationship start off with between you two? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. I mean, I definitely ran into, obviously ran into you first at Quidditch practice, but yeah. Emma's roommate freshman year also, and a champion, she's also on the Quidditch team. So like, since they shared a room, their room became like the hangout spot. And then, I don't know, I guess we got close outside of practice from that. 
I don't know. I guess I like I cannot pinpoint the time we became friends, but I also <laughs> cannot remember a time when we were not absurdly Agreed. close friends. Agreed. But but now that you asked that question, I do feel like not to and like not to um, not mention the other beater in our year, Aiden Kelleher. Um, but Emma and I kind of really did take the lead on that and I feel like we were like clinging to each other <laughs> in that role at practice and we were looking at each other like you got like do you know what to do and I was like uh, do, I don't know what to do and we're like let's fake it together so yeah I guess that was definitely like a special bond and again we were we were lucky to have you know Aiden Kelleher and Andrew Biddles helping us out um but uh, it really is something that bonds you like nothing else to have to be yep. a, to be learning and teaching uh, a sport that is also fairly new to you, you know, and we definitely had, you know, some time we yeah. spent out of meetings being like, what drills do we know? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Like what do we do? We, we scheduled. I remember sophomore year we had those beater practices. Oh, uh, yeah. we, we would schedule practices out of normal practice time, um, just for beaters to practice like throwing and catching and all of that. And mm -hmm. it was a way, I think, for us to to, to well to focus on ourselves yeah. and also like those practices were also just about like as you said throwing and catching. So like the basics, which kind of get like overlooked sometimes. And if you know it's a beater only practice and you could just focus on beater stuff, like that was. That's why we had those and yeah again because <laughs> we didn't have to worry about scrimmaging and like getting everybody in and yeah we could focus on ourselves um and our own like skill development in those practices and also like yeah as emma said i don't know when we first became friends but also remember that we were <laughs> living together all of our sophomore <laughs> years so just just by virtue of that you get closer and so, so how did Keep going, Keegan. No, I was just going to say it was great to be living and working with Serena. Like, I would not have wanted to go through this with anybody else. Serena is fabulous and was fabulous. Stop it. So how did, how did regionals go that year? Oh I assume God. because it was the Northeast, it was like 10 weeks into school. Yeah, so it was, it was probably a Halloween weekend. Oh, it definitely was yeah. a Halloween weekend, regionals. Is that the one where there, we played an Emerson game that was like the six? That was the one where long. I went off yes. and I went to yes. the ambulance because <laughs> I was having problems breathing. Yeah. And uh, at, at the same time, we were having a game with Emerson that lasted 60 minutes and I think was the longest game we've ever played. Yeah. Um, so if that gives you some sort of idea about how the weekend was going, we were also that year led by the fearless Athena Mayor, who yes. did a fantastic job of kind of keeping us together. Yeah. And, you know, you know guiding us during that tournament but it definitely was a challenge it was also in rochester new york yes. um, <laughs> and it was naturally freezing cold and pouring rain because what other luck would we have uh, i think i remember the game that we qualified like we got our bid was a hofster game yes, it was. and it was like at the very so we're at you know the 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 critically acclaimed total sports comp edge edge total sports or whatever the heck it's called that <laughs> terrible place where there are indoor fields but did they let us play on them no <laughs> um so our qualifying game was against hofstra and like we're at the end of probably like end of day two we our toes are no longer with our bodies they are somewhere else being was it warm sleeting? i think it, it was sleeting. started to hail and sleet and we played hofstra and i was the happiest happiest girl alive when that game was over and i mean i i guess i understood that a bid was important but i was just glad to not be outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't really understand how tournaments worked. yeah we were that was part of it also was we were still learning what it meant to get a bid and you know like we were still yeah. kind of learning the politics of a bid and like what would happen if we didn't get a bid you know like i remember being like athena was like explaining something to me at that tournament i remember the moment i was like hit with the fact like oh my god if we don't win this game then we have to play more games <laughs> at, in like in that weather specifically yeah. it's just kind of like we gotta pull it together and win this, and we did. Yeah, there it is. Honestly, I think one of the best moments for I don't know. I just it was a really great feeling, you know, to fight so hard and to, to still manage to get a bid that year. That's yeah. awesome. I I like didn't understand the bidding process, so I didn't go to regionals my freshman year. But I was just like, oh well, we went to nationals my freshman year, so and we played Texas Cavalry, so definitely <laughs> Tufts Quidditch goes to nationals every year. Like I just thought it was kind of a given. I have since learned that you do, you must fight it for it, must fight for it. Um, but yeah, that was our sophomore regionals, which was wild. And we did fight tooth and nail. 
Um, not to dredge up like those Rochester memories, but looking at your the games that you guys played, you were let me just lift off list off the timings. You guys played Emerson for forty five minutes, and then yep, you played yeah, twenty five. You nearly played a twenty six minute game against Macaulay, a thirty minute game against Brandeis, yep. and then a thirty four minute game against uh, Hofstra. That day too must have been awful. It was a long <laughs> day, uh, to say the very least. We were. Screaming. Rappy, and I wanted to take a nappy. Uh, <laughs> I cut that. Yeah, it was, it was, I learned to secret beat that year. I hadn't known how to secret beat before that year. Um, mm. And in some ways, having those extraordinarily long secret floors um, was like a trial by fire um, because you kind of, we kind of had to kind of learn what worked and what didn't work. And in some ways, having to deal with that and you know we 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 have Quidditch have played many a long game in our career oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well um, before you know before, before Henry, Henry Bear Benson, Benson joined Henry, yeah saved our lives saved uh, saved all of us <laughs> really. oh you know what so yeah I see the I see the time game game of time significantly down yep yes yep. <laughs> that would be Henry yes. Bear Benson previously had struggled with knowing first of all how to train a seeker properly mm-hmm. uh and like having people who were willing to seek um and then we were graced with henry bear benson two years ago God, who's very literally... very passionate about seeking and very good at it and like, that was definitely a big help for our game times <laughs> yeah i will maybe get to last year's nationals at some point but i swear to god if like that last year's nationals would have gone so differently if we had not had him like he is like henry clutch bear benson um should <laughs> Official middle name. Uh, well, let's let's go to let's go to last year's nationals because who cares? So <laughs> I I had written down. I remember from my generation there was a Tufts nationals curse, where yeah, oh, every day oh, in brackets Bento every Bento bracket you lose first round. Bento, if you're listening to this, you can hear this, hear <laughs> no. my voice right now. Greg, she doesn't speak for me. <laughs> I appreciate you. We love you, Greg. Um, so. Yeah. When did that when did that curse break? Because I know it has been broken. That was, that was sophomore year nationals, right? We broke. We won we did one game against the Florida Knights. Against, yeah, the we nearly won. headless Knights. We were so happy that was that was the first game we won at nationals, and it was the first game of the day. First, first game, the day. game that we won, and the only game that we it won that weekend. It, we did win no other games <laughs> that weekend. Yeah. But um, just the idea of having you know won at nationals, especially having been their freshman year, and just kind of feeling all the seniors pain of not being able to kind of proceed that far our freshman year just even winning one game sophomore year and kind of knowing we'd broken that curse um was such a great feeling yeah and that was that was 2000 or sorry cup um cup 11 was that one when the curse was broken and ray caught the snitch ray caught the snitch oh yeah Yeah. yep there's a good picture of him and greg bento jumping greg bento jumping in there he was very happy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the bento curse was that like after greg left the team Nobody could catch a snitch because Greg was the seeker. Um, so yeah, it was. Greg left the team a year before we joined. So it must so have been three years, three years yeah. where we hadn't won a game at nationals yeah. before that point. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty big jump your sophomore year then. So you all of a sudden you have to be in charge. Then you go to regionals, fight tooth and nail in all these twenty-five minute games for a bid, and then you break the curse once you get to nationals. We it's do. A pretty good it was it was pretty epic. I gotta say, it it, it was a pretty it was a difficult run, but yeah. it was an, it was empowering and it was inspiring. I mean, I don't know, like this was also before I kind of understood, you know, how I don't know, not that it's, I guess you know I'll say it like it's uncommon to see two you know female or non nor gender non-conforming players be who are beaters who are kind of leading their beater squad, you know, yeah. and, and training their players. And I didn't really realize that was uncommon at the time, but kind of looking back, I'm super proud of us, mm-hmm. you know, that that was something that we did and that it's still something that we are attempting to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just thinking about recreating a team and just the way building up a team, because you guys essentially, what, with 10 graduating seniors, that's that's a huge yeah. senior push. That's amazing that you guys were able to rebuild a team and just – Looking at the progression from your freshman year to your sophomore year, you guys went from like mid forties to top twenty eight, and now this year you guys were what top ten in the nation? 
Yeah, I think yep. we moved up from like seven to six over the course of the of last year, this past season. And I mean, definitely like the other seniors, we cannot credit them enough. Like Finn McGargan, mm. like our captain, junior and senior year, absolutely phenomenal. John Parrish, Anna Champion. Good. Um, yeah, you know, Aiden. Like Aiden Kelleher. Yeah. Uh, everybody has been absolutely instrumental uh, in in kind of building this team and pushing us to the point that we are at we are at now. Yeah, we we've been on a very beater centric um, <laughs> track. That's where our minds are usually. Is, yeah, this is where our brains live. But yeah, there was a lot going on behind the scenes in the in the other positions <laughs> world. You know, the lesser of the positions. But I digress. You're good. I mean, I I think something that I've always noticed and I genuinely appreciated and just loved seeing was how much like love you tough players have with each other. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Like whether that be on social media or just like when you guys talk about each other, like I it's just you're always hyping each other up. You're always just your biggest supporters of each other, which is amazing. And so, like, how did that culture, I guess, develop and how did you maintain that? And again, like the fact that 10 of us lived together sophomore year was definitely like, you know, instrumental in that we really got so close. I mean, when you're when you're spending so much time with people and, you know, like um, it really it really means a lot that I've been able to become this close with my team. And I think, you know, I really hope that we've been able to impart that culture, yeah. you know, onto the, the, the groups that have come after us. I really hope that that can be the core of Tufts Quidditch for many years to come. Yeah. I could not have put it better myself. No. Also, while she was saying that, and again, just to go back, relive the glory days of sophomore <laughs> year when we all lived 10 in a suite, <laughs> a good, like, fun little fact um, about Tufts Quidditch is that John Parrish and Finn McGargan were roommates for a full academic year, and I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough talk about because I, forget, I forget it. So I'm just putting it here so that the world knows. knows. Um, <laughs> we had also had a corner of our suite i think this was unique to our suite and no other suites it was called the cleat corner and it's where we piled all of our horrible smelly cleats after every practice yeah and we had a bottle of lysol next to it and we would just frantically spray it with lysol every time we walked past it yeah um so the one downside maybe of living in a quidditch suite also the other downside was that if you all came back from practice at the same time there were only two showers um so that was that was a bit difficult, but we managed. Was there were there more than one? Never, actually, never mind. <laughs> I don't even yep. want to know where that was going. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely cl- being clean was a challenge. But it was a great feeling <laughs> to come back. I mean, after practice, after everyone had been able to get a shower, and we were all kind of cozy in the common room with like blankets and stuff, and you know. The joyful experience of not smelling bad after you've all smelled bad for so long cannot be understated. It's a really good bonding experience. Um, well, well, that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, like, being I feel like smelly? you... Yeah, I mean, just in general. Like, <laughs> oh, being smelly together. Being smelly together. Yes. Like, I feel like that's something about Quidditch. You really bond with people that, when you've been, like, the most disgusting yes. you will maybe ever be. Just, yes. like, around your friends. <laughs> Ag- agreed, yeah. Emma and I are all about making friends through terrible shared experiences and smelly experiences you heard it here first so so northeast regionals 2019 is what i'm hearing day two especially oh my goodness oh my god before before we get into physically that i had written down i want to talk about the so y'all had what three regionals at rochester and then one in rhode island correct I was at your freshman year one, your senior year one. I remember the one in Rhode Island sucked a lot well, wait, on wait, day wait. two. Day, day, day one, one was beautiful. It was nice, but it wasn't as good of a complex as Rochester. Um, it was like go? no inside. Would you call Rochester a complex? It's okay. we're, we're very biased. About- they, have a, they have a building. <laughs> they have a building. <laughs> they did have a building. We had nowhere to shelter oh, uh, yeah. for day two. Um, that's correct (laughs) wait what do you mean i I want to i want to really get deep into what the fact that is northeast regionals and the weather there (laughs) because i feel like there's other regions that hear us complain but don't fully comprehend what is happening so let me paint those of you not in the northeast region a, a beautiful picture of 
I mean, we hopefully we've stressed the disgusting weather in Rochester, but even when they moved it to beautiful Warwick, Rhode Island, um, we the first time that Warwick has ever been called beautiful, just for the record. <laughs> you're, you're talking to a Connecticut, Rhode Island girl here, yeah. so watch out. I, I, I worked I worked in the Warwick Mall for like <laughs> a good amount of time. I have spent right. a lot of a lot of days in the Warwick Mall. All right. Well, agree agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> Rhode Island is a special place in my heart. But yeah, so finals Warwick Regionals day two oh was like waiting, or not even leading up to finals two was like waiting through like shin deep mud. I could not feel my feet. Like I lost feeling in my feet. I think like probably during our Harvard game, and yeah. it did not come back. Like it was like if you had told me that there was two bricks like tied to my ankles, <laughs> and like that's what was stopping me from running, I would have said, "Okay, I can't tell you otherwise." I I distinctly remember you said you were mentioning there's no shelter. So, um, my parents were at re that regionals. Like God help them for sticking it out for that terrible second day. But I remember it had poured so much and I was like in the car with my dad like shivering and he's like, oh, like take off your headband like it's so wet and that's what's like keeping your, you cold because you have this wet headband strapped to your forehead like whatever. And I was like, no, 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 like definitely that can't be why I'm so cold. Like definitely not. <laughs> so he like, he like turned on like the heat in the car and like put my headband over the uh, those vents, like the air vents, and just like blasted it. We had like maybe 20 minutes between games and he blasted it. And that was the only piece of dry, that was the only dry piece of me when I like left that car for whatever game. And I was like, it, it's a whole new day. And then I stepped out of the car and I immediately got soaked again. But like, for I just, I cannot stress this enough. Imagine it is like 35 degrees and you are soaked to the skin. Mm. Like that is the experience of Northeast regionals every <laughs> single year. And then they make you hold a ball in your, in your cold frozen fingered hand. And you're like, my fingers don't bend that way. I must grip this ball to play this game, but the weather is preventing me from doing that one simple task. It's quite soul crushing. It is. That's a good word. <laughs> and and I want to point out that Northeast Regionals is pretty much always first. Oh, so yeah. not only is the weather that bad, but it's October when you have yeah, regional. And we have been training our teams for one month. Yeah. Uh, so we throw our little baby freshman uh, into the fold and we say, please do not fear. Um, <laughs> I know we look really frightened because of how cold it is, but please don't worry. We will try our best to protect you. All right. Um, do you all want to get into your regionals this year run, or do you want to talk about something else? I mean, we can talk about it. It was... Yeah, I don't mind talking about it. It wasn't, like, wonderful, but I had, like, a good it was, time. Okay, it was... It, I, I disagree. It was, it was gross. Yeah. But it was, I was very proud of us. I was I mean, too. It, I don't remember, the. I don't think, Tufts Quidditch won regionals, I don't even remember how long ago, but we haven't even really made a run for like 2014. Yeah, we haven't made a run for the regional title since then. So honestly, like one of my proudest moments, I think, in Tufts Quidditch um, is the fact that we, despite the horrible weather and despite the cold and despite all of that, we still made it into that finals game. And regardless of how yeah. that finals game went, <laughs> what the conditions were, um, <laughs> it still really felt good to get there. Yeah, no, I definitely, like, I was, I was, I would say I was disappointed that we lost, but not sad. And I was just, like, generally, just, again, as I said, like, just happy that we made it to the finals. Um, I feel like that's kind of the Tufts Quidditch vibe. <laughs> we're like, like, <laughs> we're like, we will fight. We will fight tooth and nail when we need to. But, you know, and when it all comes down to it, we are just so happy to be here. Yeah, we're just glad to be invited. Like, glad that people are looking <laughs> at us. Like, get to flex on them a little bit. And if we didn't flex hard enough, and like, it's fine. Like, we still look pretty good. Um, I feel but, like that really fits into y'all's uh, pre-brooms up ritual, too. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain that to uh, people who haven't seen Tufts play? Do you want to yeah, start yeah. With the, the history? Okay, so so it's called the hype train, um, but I think I think after this this year has been given a few other names. But I remember it with um, when I was a fresh when we were freshmen. Brendan Haley would always be like the hype train guy, and he's kind of like he kind of hypes up our our sidelines like our bench, right? And 
and, he, and he's like he's like looking around and it's a big long drawn out bit that I'm sure everyone is like god like please just get off the field so we can start the game but but the person who's leading the hype pin kind of starts he's like like kind of quiet he's like ah oh, do you do you guys hear do you guys hear that like is there something and then everyone kind of starts listening around and then they start making train noises and it like builds and builds and builds and everyone's like oh my god it's coming like there's there's like there's something on the tracks like get out of the way and then they're like it's the hype train and then um the hype train leader like leads the rest of the bench around the starters and they all give high fives and you go around in a circle twice and then anna champion usually gives me a little kiss on my cheek that's um, so beautiful it's very cute <laughs> so that is the hype train and then we can start the game um yeah it's very important to us it has evolved a little bit over mm -hmm. the years we mm -hmm. have some variations now we have hype plane mm -hmm. um, which is very similar except you make plane noises hype <laughs> um, <laughs> cane is which when you um You're, you your do your back really, just really hurt you do it really room. slowly i think other teams maybe hate that one the most <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I mean, forget about the teams. What about the refs and tournament directors? <laughs> we, have been, we have been indulged uh, many times, less indulged other times. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, just air something out here. Not maybe oh? not air it out, but do just, it. I just want to mention. Yeah, go ahead. No, air, air out. Oh, I thought he said wait. Oh, no, I said no, do no, it. Do it. He's egging you on. So speaking of this regionals, we, the the men of the team, had been really working hard to grow out mustaches leading <laughs> up to, oh, to yes. the, the event. Oh, yes. And me being me, I, I cannot grow one. So I was like, you know what? Everyone else is going to look super slick. Like, I want to join in on this. So someone was it you provided it, wasn't me. it was oh, it was anna we were oh. like anyone who's not able to grow a mustache who's a senior um we have these fake mustaches yeah so i put on this mustache i actually have some good shots of me like warming up in it thank you to donovan brady's dad um for being tough's paparazzi he's the best um and i have this mustache on and i'm really stoked to play in it and i'm lined up for brooms up and i believe I believe it was Chris LeCompte. I'm gonna was it? I, it? I think you it, might be right. I don't Mr. Remember. Referee I, I, himself? Huh? I, I was just saying. Mr. Referee. <laughs> yeah. I do love I love Chris. Love, so I'm just this is my only my only grievance with him is apparently my stick-on mustache counted as jewelry of some kind. So I was forced to leave the field and take it, it off. Really unfortunate. We we were both very we have some great photos of us of us together though. Yeah. Just in oh, we do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was that was deeply unfortunate. So yeah, that was that had nothing to do with actual how the game went, but I, that moment really sticks out to me. Did uh did Greg Bento have any opinions about anyone's mustache? Did anyone grow one comparable to his? Oh, definitely no not. No also, one. yeah, this tried really hard, but he did not get it. It was not Greg. enough. Yeah, all of their mustaches sucked really badly. <laughs> like really badly. There's a photo at the after the finals game with like all the guys with mustaches, and like you can't, you gotta squint. I have to tell you, it's the mustache photo, and then you zoom in. And then you're like, oh, maybe you can't tell. So sorry, guys. <laughs> Wait, I think no, that's, that's actually I think that's actually a good segue into what I want to know. Where it's like we talked about initially, like the beater setting and how you guys like really helped with the beaters. How did that relationship with like Finn and John Parrish, like just because those two were mentioned, like in the Quaffle game specifically, um, was it like you guys worked together to form strategies or was it like you y'all did your own thing and like they did their own thing and it's just like it worked out? You wanna, do you wanna start? They, you can start, go. They are, I love them very much. They um, took a lot of, like they, we definitely worked together I would say. Like we, we, we spent a lot of time um, you know, you know, crafting strategy, and we would talk to them about it. But they were very much kind of supported the idea of listening to us. Yeah. Um, like they, we were almost like, what would you say, like the field generals or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, you would Ben and John would be ball carrying, and they'd kind of follow behind us, and it was really great. They'd just kind of be like, all right, Serena, Emma, like, which way are we going? You know, and like yeah. it would be kind of us directing, um, directing the flow that way. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say like we worked together with them to create like concrete strategy. That was kind of yeah. We talked. We were we worked on communication a lot. That's still an we, issue that we are trying to fix. Yeah. But um, I, as always, I think communication will probably always be an issue <laughs> that every every team needs to work on. But um, 
I think they were unique though in like our our chasing team because like Emma and I are coming off with this swagger of like oh like we we you know we were sophomores and we taught everybody else so now we like kind of know what we're doing kind of thing because we had that confidence it was a lot easier and I, I feel like for some teams a lot of the times you know chasers learn things and beaters learn things and then you have to tell your chasers like oh like listen to your beaters like trust your beaters but with us it was kind of like the chasers were we didn't even have to tell them that they were like oh yeah we trust you like go do your thing we have phenomenal chasers like they they put so much trust in us yeah. and they they really really listen to us and the other beaters too like i think that's a big a big part of just how our team functions is that just so much communication happens uh through the beaters you know mm -hmm. and i don't really think you see that so often where you kind of i mean obviously the chasers are talking among themselves and running their diamonds and you know their their place and stuff but they do really listen to us um in terms of just moving things along um and i think that's pretty cool yeah so world's worst segue speaking of <laughs> speaking of communication i want to know about the boston quidditch memes facebook stuff no comment. No <laughs> comment. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of whatever you did. <laughs> I didn't know this group was supposed to be a secret. I don't know. I'm not in it, and I I don't know who's in it. But people post memes, and they're really funny. <laughs> there's, there's one that okay. I'll admit, I know of its existence. Fine, you you got me. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, okay, so I know we talked about, like, how Tufts is, like, really cute and unique and, like, how we're all friends and whatever, but also as, as like, oh, yeah. the MQC, as I've kind of, like, moved, like, aged through the MQC, I guess, like, getting to know, the, the conference structure, like, has you meeting with all these other teams, like, every week or every other week, essentially, um, and so you see the same people over and over again, and that's also something that's so cool and why a great meme group exists, um is because like all these college students and also like people, yeah, people yeah. who have graduated college but who are still very involved in the MQC um, like also form friendships and also just like love to hang out and like just be around each other at these tournaments and just I, I personally like look forward to oh my god e even yeah. though it like eats up every weekend it seems like I look forward to it because I'm like yeah, I get to play Quidditch with my teammates, but I also get to see these like friends from other schools. I I totally agree with Serena. I feel like I have developed some fantastic friendships within the Boston community um, from other Massachusetts Conference teams. We've like you know done stuff outside of Quidditch with them. You know, like we've had like you know we've had like two mixers. We've had two mixers with various <laughs> um, like Boston teams, and we've like you know just hung out with other players. And I really think form friendships with them and yeah. like. I don't know if that's something unique to our region or whether that happens other places, but it's one of my favorite things about Quidditch is that like, not only have I developed these friendships within my team, but I also feel like I've really gotten to know some incredible people on other teams that I would not have met if it hadn't been um, for Quidditch and how close the MQC kind of is generally. Yes, I like how we turned um, the question about <laughs> the Boston Quidditch meme page into how much we love everyone in the MQC. Well, that's what it is ultimately, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think that's why Forum was just as a social outlet for um, some of the, you know, the Boston Quidditch group area people to kind of get together and talk. Yeah, agreed. Um, obviously, the big news of the summer out of Boston Quidditch is the formation of the new team, the Boston Pandas. Woo <laughs> uh, Emma, you are going to be a captain on. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I'll just lay out really quick. List, leadership is listed as presidents and playing coaches are Lulu Zhu and Grace Dastus. Lulu coaches at Harvard. Grace coaches at BU. Head coach, Isabella Leon. Um, assistant coach, Teddy Costa. And then captains, Emma and Finn McGargan, who we've been talking about from Tufts. Um, and the kind of the launch of that team was the promotion, the two big ideals of playing a three max roster, but also developing the skills of everyone who tries out for the team. Um, so it feels, it feels like what you've been talking about has now culminated into this club team for Boston. Absolutely. And I was so thrilled to hear that Grace and Lulu were thinking about starting this. I was so thrilled to join and be on board because I really feel like they as people and also just this team that they're building so reflect all of the things that really matter to me about Quidditch and that I really love about Quidditch, the sense of community, the sense of development. And also I was really, I mean, the three max rule is something that's very, very important to me and not only a three max rule, but a competitive three max rule mm -hmm. um, where we're, you know, 
not just playing it again like you know more lower stakes game but we're actually kind of taking it to a point where we're like you know female and gender non-conforming players are incredible and they are a huge backbone of this sport and they deserve you know recognition for that and i am just so so excited to be a part of this i cannot wait um for things to you know kind of move forward and definitely obviously our first priority is player safety with with covid and everything um but just the team as a concept is is really really something i care a lot about and i love i love 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 is i love grace and lulu i love teddy and i just and finn of course yeah finn's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just okay i adore my co-captain finn um and i really can't wait for this team to happen so i i think obviously a we've been talking so boston has had typically one and a half club teams most years it, it used to be QCB and then it was revolution and now it's um pandas and then i'm counting half as bosnia because obviously half boston half new york yes. yeah um, wasn't there like a massive graduation year this year in boston quidditch not only at tufts but at a lot of the other boston schools and like some other northeast schools where i've heard some graduates are moving to boston like is one team gonna be enough for that all is- these that's a good point and that's something that we've talked about um and we're still kind of talking about um and you know working on figuring out however i will say that in terms of boston colleges graduating people um finn and i or mostly finn actually reached out to a lot of teams and players to kind of just see what their situation was and um it seems like a lot of players aren't actually staying in the area despite the amount that graduated there's a lot of people that are moving away or a lot of people that really don't know what their situation is because of covid um, so I think we're kind of taking it step by step. Um, we are, uh, we've kind of gathered initial interest and we'll continue to do so mm-hmm. um, to kind of gauge again whether or not one team will be enough. Um, but based on kind of our initial assessment, um, it seemed initially as though there were less people than we thought staying in the area. But again, we'll probably reassess that uh, fairly soon. Never understand why people leave Boston. It's so much better than that. <laughs> yeah. Says me, the person who moved away from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boston um, sucks. Pretty fantastic city. You've never been there, Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys tell us the best Tufts road trip story? Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Obviously, Rochester Regionals is a hike from Boston. Besides any other tournaments you've been to, how how does Tufts do it on road trips? Well, how? What? I'm just trying to think. We have so many. <laughs> I mean, we have like little bits. We have like little bits and pieces. I I don't know. We we were in the same car for last we year, right? But that was year. about that was the only time. Um, we have any traditions or anything? It's uh, usually how it works is we have we rent just these three like big old vans, like these <laughs> Dodge minivans. Dodge minivans. We pile our whole team in there and we kind of strike out you know, early in the morning, get there very late in the evening. No, we don't strike out okay, early, early in the morning. morning. <laughs> in the afternoon. I was thinking of national. <laughs> okay. Um, for which we always leave it ungodly yeah, hours. Yeah, that's um, true. But we strike out in the afternoon. Um, we make people ditch class if they can. <laughs> and I usually... <laughs> usually do you know even if we're not leaving till five like i'll be like no i don't need to go to my 130. um i will <laughs> highlight something that was created on the last road trip that i know serena is very proud of um uh, our team in general has an affinity for the song valerie oh god yeah um, and serena did create how many so, songs so were on it? this is so um shout out to my co-driver harry queenie who puts up with all of my utter nonsense but harry harry and i love to um play different versions of the song Valerie, which you might know best from Glee, which is where I know it, but it's it's an Amy Winehouse song. Um, and so we'll play different versions of Valerie back to back to back in. So there is a there is a purpose to this. It's so that anyone in the car who got into the car not knowing all the lyrics to the song will by the end of the ride know all of the lyrics I can confirm that it's a really effective method. Yeah, I can share my Spotify link uh, to that playlist. It has like 15 or 16 versions and it lasts um, not long enough is what I'll say. Another really fun time, this was also this past year, so usually all of our cars leave at different times. Oh, um, yeah. So we don't usually like see each other on the road. We kind of just all end up back at Tufts and it's like a six hour, usually a six hour trip. This last one was only like an hour and a half. This this was coming back, I assume you're talking about um, from the Atlantic. From Travel. the Atlantic. Yes. This is coming back from the Atlantic. Atlantic Challenge, actually, which is like a four-hour drive from Tufts, and all of our cars left at different times. We were kind of like, oh, bye, see you later, and then I believe, was it our Lo car? and behold. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, I don't know, maybe like an hour, hour and a half out from Medford, and 
we're in a Dodge minivan, and we're creeping up on this other Dodge minivan, and we're like, <laughs> hey, that Dodge minivan has people hey, who look familiar, <laughs> like our teammates. So we're driving side by side with this other Dodge minivan. You, you can you can take it. Over. And so Serena's driving. I'm in. No, no, I'm, Anna's no, driving. Anna's driving. You're next to Anna, and I'm in the back. Mm -hmm. um, and we are desperately trying to get this other Dodge minivan to the people in it, who we have at this point determined are our teammates, mm -hmm. to look at us. But they will not look at us. They will not acknowledge us. We're like banging on the windows. We, We're like, hey, we, guys. We are also on the highway are going the highway. like yeah, so, above 65 miles an hour. But um, I will not say by how much. <laughs> We're trying to get them to pay attention to us. We eventually call them. We like we text the group chat fantasy. We call someone in the car. We get their attention. Everybody notices that we're all together. You know, we're all very happy. We drive along peacefully, next side <laughs> by side. And what do you know? But five more minutes down the road, we see another Dodge minivan. Um, and we're like, that's a funny coincidence. <laughs> we drive up on the Dodge minivan, and who do I see in the driver's seat but the one and only Finn McGargan. Um, leading uh, the, the, the Dodge minivan. Well, so, so now so you picture have... this. You have three Dodge minivans <laughs> taking up all three lanes of the highway driving at the same speed side by side, really, like, really blocking anyone who's trying to pass us. Um, it was it was just a pretty interesting experience. I've never ever uh, in, on all my time driving on road trips, I've never encountered another car of Quidditch yeah. people, let alone my own team. So that was, yeah. was pretty exciting. So we drove, yeah, we drove the like last like hour or so back, like all in a line. And whenever one of us would pass like a car in front, the whole line is like a little caterpillar, which is kind of all moved together. It was like um, what is it? You know those like uh, in like DC, you have like those car parades for like the president and stuff it was like one of those except just a bunch of people who smelled bad coming back from a <laughs> yeah that was a, that's a good one cool all right uh, so heading towards wrap up we can do this one of two ways it's gonna be the same three questions to both of you so we can ask them and you can both give an answer or i can do one of you first all three and then the second one all three can uh, I answer them together? We'll answer them together, yeah. Perfect. Okay, uh, first one. Who is your favorite Quidditch team to play against? Oh, 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 oh. Great question. Um, <laughs> You're allowed to give different answers. Yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. Need yeah. It's hard because I feel like we've had so many good games over the years. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly... I would say actually BU. I was going to say the same one. Because yeah. it's like... In my mind, it's a rivalry, um, but I don't know. I just always, I always find that BU Tufts game, like I'm always like pretty nervous about because I know it's going to be close. Um, they also have like an incredible seeker, um, Kip Halpour, I think I'm saying his name right. Um, and so like, I know, I know it's going to be a close game. I know it's going to be a tough one. So I'm not saying I look forward to those games, but those games definitely like make me think and make me work really hard, which, which I like. And I also think, like you said, I, I think I, I second that because it's something I think, especially when we were younger and didn't know so many people, it was sort of a rivalry. It would always kind of be like, oh, we're playing BU this weekend, like everybody better get ready, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, we still have that kind of sense of just like Serena said, kind of like prepping for that. But now that I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of the players on the team and they're such fantastic people, um, as much as it is also kind of like, you know, an intense match every time we play them, it's also fun, you know, because like I'm playing my friends, you know. Uh, I, I, yes, I, I also have friends <laughs> on the BU team, but I will not qualify those games as fun for, for me personally. <laughs> I, I enjoy but, um, it in a different way. They are always intense. It's, it's also very interesting to play a team that you've played so many times and you know each other's playing style and also, you know, having Harry and, uh, and Gracie coaching them, you know, it's definitely like our coaches know their coaches. So there's a bit of coaching rivalry going on there. The yeah, maybe the team, rivalry is forced upon the us the by Maybe that is the problem. Maybe hey, all the alumni. Um, I will say probably the biggest grudge match we always play. I know this is the question you asked, but against Harvard oh. um, is always because we're always not only are we again love everybody on that team, but not only are we battling for first place, we're also going up against the one, the only Ethan Sturm. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, and Max and Lulu. It's a formidable coaching yeah, exactly. uh, coaching roster they have. We do have a bit of a because Ethan is a former Tufts student. We always kind of shake our fist to him yes. a little bit. <laughs> Traitor. Yeah, definitely Paxton Foo Foo as well. Um, all right, next one. What is your favorite game that you've played in? It can be uh, MLQ or USQ. Okay, I... Oh, M mm, 
I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna stick with USQ and I I don't know I don't know if I can so it's gonna be a game from Nationals last year so Cup Twelve and it was either just yeah I'm gonna say the <laughs> we had to play Baylor twice. Uh, this was last year was two years ago. I'm such an idiot. This was last year. Baylor, this was, this was, this was not, not, obviously we didn't play nationals this year, but the year before, oh, junior year. okay, yeah, oh, I was right. Okay, cut all the part where I forget what year it is. <laughs> um, okay, so my favorite is definitely the second time we played Baylor at Cup 12. Um, just because, like, again, another win under our belt, and I remember I was, like, I was in at, like, secret meeting um, with Henry, and I probably Aiden if not TCD um, and just like just like the pure feeling of joy because going into that game we'd, we'd already beaten them once but going into that game it was like okay like you know the hardest thing to do is beat the same thing the same team like twice yeah. and especially like twice in a row so it was challenging and yeah just the, the feeling of pure joy winning another game at nationals against a Texas team <laughs> <laughs> Um, mine is maybe a weird one to call my favorite game, but I've been thinking about it, and like it's just one that sticks out in my mind. My junior year fall, so this is not this year, but the prior year, we played NYU at Hofstra, um, and it was a really tough game. It was a really close game at the beginning, and they started kind of drawing away with it, but um, I don't know. I, I find that it was, it was just a really, it was a difficult game, but I was proud of the way that I played, I guess I'll say, and I there was a point where... You know, um, was, uh, my other beater was out with a with a card, and I was kind of just holding my own out there for a while. <laughs> and it's a very stressful experience, but it's also empowering to kind of just you know be out there and trying to hold hold down the fort for your team. Um, yeah, it, I just I really kind of think that game. I really enjoyed enjoyed that game ultimately, even though we All right. my my last one. You are not allowed an explanation. Who <laughs> who you have not been a teammate with? on Tufts, are you most looking forward to playing with on Pandas? Oh. Well, does it count that there's no roster for Pandas yet? <laughs> yeah, you, I, I think there's a lot of people who you can probably guess are going to be on the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you my, hope to join? has got to be, I can't wait to play with Lulu. I can't wait to beat with Lulu. Um, that's just been on something I've wanted to do forever. I admire her so much as a beater, um, and I would love to be a beater partner with her at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say, oh, this is, this is, this is difficult. I need a good answer yeah. for this one. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just excited to be coached by Iz. Honestly, yeah. I don't think she's playing, or actually she's I know not she's playing. not playing, but I'm really excited to have her as a coach. Um, she's come to a couple of Tufts practices and just like done a few workshops and I just she she knows the game and I just love her like focus and energy and just like the heart and like very serious like sports she, she makes Quidditch feel like very legitimate Absolutely. when when sometimes I can kind of goof off a bit but I love the legitimacy she brings to it and like how much she cares and how much she treats it like a real sport so yeah I guess she would be my coach and not my teammate but this is a, this okay. is a bit of a well, but I'm also super excited. So due to a number of factors, Serena and I haven't really got a chance to be together as partners on the Tufts team. Um, but I am very excited to uh, have Stop Serena it. as my partner <laughs> That's why it was so hard to answer that question because you said it couldn't be someone from Tufts. You cheated. <laughs> you said it was Okay, okay, okay. Well, that something. Was my answer too, for the record. <laughs> um, well, something that I want to actually like bring up is when I was talking to Tom Demuth, he was thinking about trying out for that Pandas team, and yes. potentially, I would love to see a Serena Tom pairing. Yes. So I think that would be Snaps dominant. To that. Yeah, I drafted. Well, I mean, I drafted Tom <laughs> onto this fantasy team we had in uh, back in on Thanksgiving MPC, and I unfortunately couldn't play in that tournament. But I was so excited. Um, also, this doesn't have to make it into the podcast, but really cute. Um, Tom and Claire Tilkey are living like a twenty-minute walk away from where Emma and I are right now. So we've actually hung out with them a few times this Some summer. Nice socially distant lunches. Yeah, and dinners. It's been cute. So. Yeah, I'm also I'm also very excited to be teammates with those guys and like just get to know them better. 
dope. That would be awesome. But that wasn't my question. My question is, <laughs> this is specifically for Emma. Oh? Yes. So, Emma, I don't know if you saw, but Fiona, in the latest cast episode, said she could fight Serena if it came down to it. So, who you got winning? This is an incredibly difficult question. <laughs> um, I... Both of them are incredibly strong people. Listen, okay, um, I just want to... I <laughs> perhaps know too much about Serena to say that she would come out on top. But, <laughs> however, she would fight very hard for very long. Um, and she would probably, like, bake cookies for both of them at the end. Just as, like, as, like a nice gesture. Um, I do... Oh, I do know that. I think Fiona's uh, gluten-free. So I'll bake, bake gluten-free cookies. <laughs> Okay, um, that was very diplomatic of you. I, I'm not I, angry. I love you very I know, much. I love know you this, too. And you would win in a fight against me. How's that? <laughs> I don't want to fight you. <laughs> wait. No, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> wait, wait. I know. I know. I said this is only for Emma, but like Serena, I gotta know who you who you got in a fight, Fiona or you? Yeah. So <laughs> No, you're good. We got you. Fell asleep again. Um, Similarly to Emma, I know myself too well. um, And I've actually gotten to know Fiona a little bit more over the the quarantine, just over Zoom and stuff. And she's, like, very, like, very aggressive. um, (laughs) And just, like, really will... I don't know. I I would honestly pick her. Like, I would would definitely get in a few good ones. um, But I think just... (laughs) <laughs> you'd, go, is, you'd go down fighting. I would go down fighting for sure. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Great. Okay, thanks Thanks for that good insight, Naresh, and that good question. That's what I'm here for. Okay, everyone, everyone look for it next week. There's going to be a new Quidditch podcast called Fight Club, and we're just going to bring guests on and ask What you mean? Yeah, we don't talk about the Fight Club, bro. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us, um, Emma and Serena. It's been a great time. Um, Hopefully everyone is excited for pandas as you all are and me and Naresh are. Um, And hopefully COVID ends or there's a vaccine or something so that we can actually see that team get out on the field. Thank you for having me. Thanks again so much to Serena and Emma for taking time out of their hangout schedule to hang out with us. Um, Naresh, what'd you like about it? I thought it was a great interview. Oh, dude, this was probably one of my favorite um, interviews just because the chemistry that Serena and Emma have, like you heard it on the interview, like they were just laughing together. They were having such a great time just reminiscing about their old like memories that they had. Um, One of my favorite parts, well, two, I have two things actually. The first part is just how much fun they had talking about their like teammates their uh quidditch house or quidditch suite actually stories um talk about the cleats in the corner um and then yeah so that's just that's just a lot of fun and i enjoy hearing like teammates supporting each other and that's just a lot of fun the second part was i know we're gonna disagree on this but the rochester regional stories i think i've personally never been to rochester regionals but just the just to hear the pure contempt in their voices about how much they did not like Rochester um, was pretty hilarious. Um, But yeah, their regional stories and just everything they talked about was pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, trash talking Rochester is just a bad take. Like I know I am privileged in the fact that I went to a college that like we had access to club sports fans. So we didn't have to worry about the cost of cars, which is huge. But like the road trip part was super fun for me. And then like, yeah, the weather sucked, but there was an inside. And then I've been to two I've been to two regionals in Rhode Island and the weather sucked there both times and neither time that was there an inside. So like, what are you gonna do? It's the northeast in November. Except for when it's in October, which also sucks. <laughs> except for but when it's in ignore, ignore that going back to the interview. I also loved all their stories, the reminiscing of like the Quidditch suite and everything. When I was in college, we had a Quidditch suite. It was a ton of fun to hang out at. Um it was like it was the place where we stored all the Quidditch equipment and like anyone who was in the suite who wasn't on the team like would become friends with everyone on the team just from parties and hanging out and everything. So I, I had a lot of fun listening to them tell their stories and, and it reminded me a lot of 
uh, my college memories too, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're old now, so you need that nostalgia. Yeah, I do. I graduate. <laughs> I finished undergrad like four years ago. <laughs> I say it's that. A cool I'm so old. I'm 26. <laughs> what am I even doing here? Oh man, yeah, right. Child. You're still running around with the broom between yeah. your legs. Come on, Keegan. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, have fun. Um, real quick though, before we let y'all go, Naresh lied in the intro. For the he says for the first time ever he's not associated with the Quidditch team, but he is. Um, New team in New York, name not finalized yet, but Nuresh is starting a new team with a lot of people from NYU. I will probably join it um, if I don't retire because of how old I am. <laughs> so if you want to join a team and you live in the New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia area, hit us up. There We're it recruiting. is. There it is. There, it's, hey, it's there you go. This, this one's for young people, and that's why I can't join it. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, he he said what? you Did, did you say the name, actually? Oh, I didn't because it's nice. it's TBD. Well, I mean, there was a USQ email went out today and it said Skyline in it, but we actually have a team meeting later this week to to finalize what will officially be called. <laughs> yeah, front runner right um, now, yeah, regardless of what it's going to end up being called, though, we have some ideas for merchandise. So I'll be on the lookout for that because I think, may, and maybe this is just me, I think we're going to have the most fire apparel line in in the community and i will i will put out because you will have designed it oh yeah that's also true muffle muffle (laughs) but um but no it's there's just a lot of really cool things about creating a club team i guess and just bringing people together um and talking about club teams like going back into that interview real quick i'm super super excited to see what boston pandas end up doing because I love their concept and I think the amount of people that they're getting and just the pure development that they can do and the people that they might be able to pair with is going to be super exciting. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. a quick shout out. To I, I've, always, I've always been a fan of how well Boston developed kind of the college players through MQC and just through the density. But now that there's a club team that's like, no, our whole goal is to just make everyone who shows up as good as we possibly can. Like Boston is going to go from being one of the top two cities in the in the country in USQ to, to possibly being number one. Ooh, that's a hot just, take. Just, I know it's a hot take. I know Austin trains harder than ever, but I think the the longevity, some of those players retire and some new college players don't stay in Austin. Boston is setting themselves up to be good forever. Just with the promise of, yep, if you graduate, you show up. We don't even care if you had minutes on your college team. We're going to make you as good as we can be. Um, it's just, it's a really cool concept to build from. Besides the three max concept they have, I think they're going to be taking that city really good at Quidditch for a very long time. I love to see. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, it, it's all going to end up being whether how soon we can get back onto the field. Um, so fingers crossed for that. And you got anything else, Keegan? No, I think that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Hopefully the next episode will get out a little bit quicker than this one did. Uh, We apologize for that, but we'll see you next time.